Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Okay, my guest today... D. Mills, Caribbean-American, was raised in Brooklyn, New York City during the 90s in a single-parent household under the mentoring hand of myself, Sharif Rucker, and the late, great Andrew Moore. D. Mills was successfully able to navigate those adverse times. He is now a mentor, youth developer, public healer, and life ambassador with the mission of improving the mental toughness and self-sustainability for this generation and many to come. Welcome, D. Mills. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Um, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. I know this is your first time actually bringing someone into the, um, you know, to the show, into the program to, you know, collaborate with you. So happy to be the first one. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's go with some stats here. Let's uh, start this. 30%, 2011, 30, 31% of black men versus 20% of Latino men and 50% of white men stayed home after the age of 18 versus 11% of black women, 11% of Latina women, and 9% of white women. So more and more today, we're finding that young males are staying home, and then sometimes they're becoming adult males in their 40s who've never left home. And so we're kind of in a semi-crisis in terms of what's happening in their homes. There are were, there were some reasons this is happening, but it's more and more becoming um, a concern for families. So my question to you is, why are more men not learning or not leaving uh, the nest after 18? Well, for me, uh, obviously, there, there could be quite a few things that, that we could point to, right? But um, I, I personally think that there's, there's a, a noticeable gap between how males are raised um, in this day and age versus um, how females, you know, are, are raised. And I think because, you know, at from a young age, women are raised to, you know, manage the household, to, you know, manage finances, um, you know, and just with certain life skills, to have certain li- life skills as they, you know, mature and come of, come of age. Um, I don't think males receive that same training consistently from household to household. And I think those numbers illustrate that, right? So I'll I'll use myself um, as an example. So as you mentioned there in the bio, right, I I was raised um, in a single parent household um, by my mom um, during the 90s. And um, my pop was like in and out the picture. They, you know, weren't married or anything like that. And being that I'm the only child, her approach was very specific and very direct. Okay. So her approach was she wanted me to be self-sufficient. She didn't want me to rely on anyone for anything as an adult. And she also didn't plan to be, you know, 
an enabler or a crutch, you know, for me as an adult male. So her thing was, I remember a conversation that the two of us had when I was about 11 years old or so. And she basically said that when you're 21 years old, um, you're going to have to have a place to stay. You're going to have to go out, do your own thing, find your way, whatever happens, happens. If you, you know, but you have to try to fly. And if you fall, you can always come back. I'll help you regroup. But we're going to get you out there and you're going to see if you can survive on your own. And in the meantime, in between time, I'm going to equip you with all of the tools that you need to be successful as an adult. And her thing was she really didn't want me to not only not have to rely on her, but not to rely on any woman, you know, for for help from the standpoint of, okay, I need to get married because I don't know how to do my own laundry or I've never cooked for myself or, you know, I'm not accustomed to cleaning or, you know, managing the books or whatever it may be. Right. Um, she didn't want me to fall under that umbrella of dependency or codependency, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, she wanted me to be as independent as possible. So that way, you know, once I hit adulthood, all decisions could be made independently. And then ultimately, if I find a partner, you know, then it would be a collaborative type of effort. Right. But all the while I'm able to carry my share of the weight. So that was, that was her approach. So from eight years old, you know, she was teaching me how to cook, how to press my own clothes, how to grocery shop you know, clean the, the apartment and space. I would have to do my laundry along with her laundry um, and so on and so forth. And those were the tasks that I had from eight years old. And another interesting tactic that she did was um, even my allowance that I would get every two weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, even my allowance that I would get every two weeks, she would, if I, if I were to spend that, she would position it to where I knew that I wasn't getting any additional funds until another two weeks. So again, preparing me for like the pay cycle as an adult, you know, and it worked because as I got older and, and started to work odd jobs, you know, the summer youth programs and, you know, summer jobs, you know, while you're in college, um, I knew how to budget my finances because I had that training and that practice from nine years old. Now, the funny thing is I got so good at these things that by the time I was about 15, 16 years old, I, I pretty much saw myself as an adult. And because I grew up in a time where it was a lot of gang violence and a lot of, um, you know, drugs and just a lot of different things in the surrounding environment, she rightfully so was overprotective. But I didn't see myself as a kid. I saw myself as an adult because I was doing adult like things since the age of eight, nine years old. So that caused a little discrepancy between us, but it, it was it was a great um, tool that that she used, and there was never any fear. I, I, I specifically remember there was never any fear after high school, nor was there any fear um, as I graduated from college um, to go out on my own. There was never any fear, never any doubt, never any hesitation because I felt overly prepared. Right, right. right. This was something that I was trained to do since I was eight years old, nine years old, which was be self-sufficient. Right. So when that time presented itself. I, I welcomed it with open arms. I embraced it and I ran to it. And at 21 years old, I had my first apartment and I haven't been with my mom since. And, and now I'm 32. 
So I have my own space for roughly about 12 years now. And, uh, and yeah, man, it's, it's, I think that's a big, big difference. And, and, and that's the same type of training and tutelage that most young ladies receive um, when, when they're younger versus, you know, males. I know a lot of my friends that were, you know, my, in my age group, they didn't receive that type of upbringing in terms of preparation and um, ultimately led to them leaving the household more towards the age 25, 26 age, age bracket. Do you think there's an influence with um, employment opportunities and the cost of living today that's influencing that number, why it's increasing, with stu- where, where people are leaving from 18 and now you're saying 25 to 27? You know, is there an impact there with the changing environmental factors on that? Yeah, I think th- I think that there um, that that's correct. Uh, I would say um, the cost of living, is especially within the, the larger inner cities, right? The cost of living um, is 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 quite high. It's pretty high. I would say um, that because of that, um, coupled with the the debt that a lot of us accumulate from college, from you know attending universities and pursuing educations and you know, various different degrees that may or may not put us in a position in the job market to make the right type of money to, you know, sustain ourselves. Um, I think that's a direct reflection of that. Yes, absolutely. So, so the, you know, when you talk about living at home, is there a double standard for the way that women live at home versus men, um, especially in terms of dating and just um, finding your independence inside the home? Do you think that Men are giving a little more leeway in terms of being able to be free and independent versus women. They still expected not to bring a male home. Uh, they expected to uh, demonstrate certain um, behaviors because they're still in the house. Is it more comfortable for men to stay in the house? Um, I, I would say yes. From that standpoint, yes. If, if you're saying from a dating standpoint, like what's more acceptable to the parents? Um, at the end of the day, I think I think parents are a little hesitant. Either way, whether it's a male or female, but I do think that they are historically more lenient towards the males when it comes to having a partner, you know, um, come to the house. Um, and, and I think that's just because as a society, when it comes to, you know, relationships, there are certain standards, right, that we hold women to versus what men are allowed you know, to kind of scave by with, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, from that aspect, uh, from that aspect, um, yes, right. But when it comes to um, just the comfort of staying at home, um, overall, or you know, on the grand scheme of things, I, I, I think that comfort comes from how you are raised. And um, the relationship that you have with your parents early on, right? So we, you know, we 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 could use various different examples, but we could use a few movies um, to kind of highlight this. So a couple of movies that a lot of the listeners out there may be familiar with is um, Baby Boy with uh, with Tyrese. Good movie. Uh, great movie great movie (laughs) all-time classic and then another all-time classic is with uh ice cube and uh cuba gooding jr which is um 
Boys in the Hood. Oh, awesome! Which is a, which is a really old one from you know for you know from back in the early '90s. So for any listeners out there that are like not 25 or 26, you probably won't know, but check it out. Check um, it out. Movies, but but those movies, um, you'll see, and specifically in Boys in the Hood, you'll see two different styles, right? Like so, um, Maurice Chestnut plays a specific character um, in the movie, and he's aspiring to be you know, a college football player at USC and he's highly recruited, highly sought after, and he's pushing, you know, to make his way as a professional athlete and he's well on his way. He's living at home. Um, of course he's in high school. So, you know, he's about 18 years old. He's a senior in high school at the time of the film. Um, he's living at home. He has about a one year old son or something along those lines. And, and, and his, um, girlfriend who is the mother of the child also lives at home with the mom is a single parent household and then his brother played by ice cube also lives lives in the the same house um with them as well and um he's his character is pretty much one of you know a gangster selling drugs violence so on and so forth right so their best friend who's trey in the movie played by cuba gooding jr He's raised completely different. So his dad is taking more of a military approach um, as it pertains to how he's raising uh, Trey, his son, and right. he's teaching him responsibility. He's teaching him to rake the front lawn. You'll see him, you know, developing various different skills through his through his dad. That's right. Um, um, and. You'll also notice that throughout the course of the movie, his his dad is giving him different types of life lessons, various different talks about life, about what to expect, and so on and so forth. And then on the flip side of that, Maurice Chestnut and Ice Cube, the brothers, you know, in the in the movie, right. they are not receiving that same type of training. No. Right. They're not, they're not, they're not, you know, they're just not getting it from the mom. But if you right. speak, if you speak, if yeah. you speak the gender expectations, and you talk to the to the mom, <clears throat> mm -hmm. talk about speak about the dynamics in terms of how she's caring for her two sons, right? And especially the one that has um, an opportunity to play um, college football. Talk about that. Like, what's happening there? Yeah. So, so basically, what's happening in that household is the exact opposite from Trey's household. So, what's happening in the household for Ricky? or you know morris chestnut who's playing that character what's happening is pretty much is the mom is is very comforting she's uh very uh, attentive and catering to him and his needs right um almost putting herself in the role of being an enabler mm. right because in this situation although she sees the potential in him and where he's going and where he's trending versus his brother mm -hmm. and where his brother is not going and what his brother is not doing to better himself. She's literally doing everything she can to support him and make him comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, in between time and really not having those conversations of development with him. So even still, he's left to fend for himself and kind of figure it out without any adult tutelage. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Whereas his best friend Trey in the movie played by Cuba, um, he's getting the exact opposite. He's getting the talks, he's getting the trainings, he's getting the, the examples <clears throat> of responsibility, you know, through the house. He's he's assigned specific chores, 
right? So he's getting that development. He's receiving that firsthand training, right? And you could tell the way that the movie was going that Trey was going to be a very independent adult and be able to make very good decisions post high school. Right. So let's let's flip this. So one of the, another interesting statistic is that we know that girls are outperforming boys in school. They're outperforming boys in terms of um, higher education. Um, women are are definitely um, out, outdoing men in terms of receiving their their uh, graduate work. Um, well. Uh, um, uh, college skill level work, graduate work, and, and even postgraduate at times. And so there's been a really a big gap between um, men and women in the country, only also by race, but also just um, by just gender uh, solely. And we know that there are many initiatives that um, are directing STEM activities to girls. And there's a tie changing in terms of uh, focus in this country. But, but boys are being left behind. And one of the things that I'm, in the past uh, podcast I spoke about is that there's a changing expectation for men. And the narrative or the definition of men is not as transparent today as it was before. And so where do, where do men fit and how do they redefine themselves and what's the work here? Yeah, very, very good. Um, very good question. So if, if we're speaking about why there's a difference you know that women are accelerating and those numbers are lopsided if if you will i think it's directly because it's okay and it's it's supported in the household um for 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 women to feel their way through things right i feel like women get that family support and rightfully so and understandably so right mm -hmm. Um, just naturally, I, I mean, I, I, I see it even with friends of mine where they have a son and a daughter. It's almost as if they are slightly more supportive towards the baby girl and what she's looking to do and her programs and her interests and stuff like that. Whereas with the, with the male, the energy is slightly different, not as supportive, almost as if it's. It's an unspoken code of if I'm too supportive of him, I'm going to make him soft. Mm. If I show too much love and too much care towards him, I'm going to I'm going to damage him. I'm going to make him weak. Mm. So I, I think I think that's where it comes about, comes from. And, and the reason why I say this is because, again, I want to use myself as an example to, to kind of paint this picture here. So not only was I the only child, not only was I raised by my mom in a single household, but for a period of time, it was myself, my mom two of her sisters and um and roughly about three three or four female cousins right so i was in a household of nothing but women surrounded by women right okay. and there was a difference in the approach that they took with me even though they were women right um versus how they raised my my four you know female cousins hmm. right? so with me it was a lot of you know, tough love. It was a lot of, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. You know, stay focused on, you know, this, stay focused on that. And it was this, this, this very hard, um, type of energy that was put my way versus the girls. There was a lot of, um, leeway in that regard, right? There was a lot of, you know, affection, 
in some cases, a little too much affection because, you know, some of the cousins became a little more lax and a little lazy and didn't live up to their full potential in the moment because they were babied. They were right. coddled, right. right? Whereas I didn't receive that because that was considered to be weak, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's where the disconnect comes in. I, I think that we need to step back as a society and understand that um, as young men, it's okay to teach, you know, young men how to be, you know, emotionally stable, how to speak, you know, how to articulate themselves on um, higher levels, how to deal with their anger, how to deal with failure, how to deal with disappointment, right? And to also let these young men understand that these things do not in any way, shape, form, or fashion make you any less of a quote-unquote man. Right, right? That's right, and I think that's what the perception is with a lot of young men that if they fail in the eye of the public, if they come up short in the eye of the public, if they don't quote unquote have their shit together mm -hmm. um, in the eye of the public, that he's not a man. Right. right? So, so and let me push you on that because now that we know that there's going to be a shift between um, those who have education. There's going to be a shift in opportunities available, right? And that's going to influence earning potential, right? And so now that we're going to find a shift in terms of uh, women uh, earning more than men, and so there's this 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 out this obsolete definition for men as being protectors and earners of the household that no longer um, applies. And so now you got a situation. There's a shift there. And women are going to be the earners of the household most more than likely most of the time. Where does that place to men, um, young well, men, or boys coming out of the household? How do we well, shift? The here's the thing, right? It's all about evolution, and it's all about adjustments and adapting, right? And I think, in all due respect to you know previous generations, I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but I, I think that that was a bit of a foolish approach. Mm. Uh, I think that all relationships are 50-50, right? I think that it's um, a partnership. I think that it's a collaboration between male and female. And um, I think the definition of a man is recognizing where you fit in in your um, relationship and owning where you fit in and being the best version of yourself within that relationship to make sure that it works so give us I an think. example of that modern so, day so an example right so let's say for example if you are um you know married you know or engaged to a woman and you're earning let's say 80 80k a year right um and your significant other your wife or fiance right she's making let's say 120 a year right so she's making 40k more than you you know, so ultimately, from an income standpoint, she's the breadwinner, quote unquote, of the household, right? right? So most men feel threatened by that, primarily because of what you define, right? You're supposed to be the protector and the provider of the household. And how could I be the provider if she's making roughly 40K more than me per That's year? So now my identity is in question that's right and the reason why i want to use the word identity is because we are identifying ourself and our worth and our value and external things things that mean absolutely zero that's right. right your value to the relationship would be things that you can't measure right so 
what I would urge folks to do, male and female, is to stop identifying yourself by things and titles that really and truly are just a part of your life. You are not defined by the amount of money you earn. So now if your lady is earning, you know, more than you, then so be it. That doesn't make you any more or less of a, a of a man or any more or less of a husband or a partner, right? So your energy towards her shouldn't be one of animosity or one of um, resentment, right? You should support her. You should want her to do more. You should help elevate her even higher than where she currently is. And in the process in doing so, leverage her to figure out what you can do to improve on your side, right? On a financial level. Perhaps she knows, you know, other folks in, in your arena, in your career um, that she can network you with, connect you with and elevate. Maybe, you know, she's doing a few things in her career that allowed her, you know, to be seen by certain folks and ultimately open certain doors and opportunity. So perhaps she can help you implement some of those same strategies and what you're doing, right? So take the ego away, take the male pride away and support your partner, right? And then also at the same time, pick the brain of your partner and see if some of what they're doing is gonna work on your end and ultimately push towards becoming that power couple. Because you're only as strong as the people that you tie yourself to. So if you're tied to this person, it makes no sense to tear it down because of resentment. And you feel like you need to poke your chest out as a man and earn more money. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything. Amen. Right? Are, Amen so, to that. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that that old mentality of the male has to earn the more money in the household, that's crippling to be honest, and I think that's um, stifling a lot of potential uh, relationships and marriages because of that mindset. Well, let me, let me ask you, let me, so let me kind of make a connection here. So that is a mindset that does exist. So let's, let's, re, let's go back to, um, you know, this young male um, and, this, and potential burden on the household, right? So we know after 18 that the cost of um, this male living in the house can be from $8,000 to $18,000 a year, according to the Wall Street Journal. So if this is a, a behavior that's already set in, uh, set in motion early on in their life, where they're living with um, possibly a single mother and that son is in the house, uh, both parents and a son is in the house, and they're not contributing to the household, then that can also speak to what you're, what's going on right now in terms of as an adult. So I'm wondering, there, there seems like there's a connection there, too. Um, mm -hmm. And you spoke, you, you started with an example of how your mother didn't allow that to happen for you. But that's mm -hmm. being allowed to happen with many others in terms of not contributing to the process and not seeing that this is a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, and and that's exactly where it comes from. So if, if we're going to have the conversation of, OK, well, you know, Sharif or, you know, D, how, how do we go about alleviating this problem? Right. What, what I would say is it literally starts from early on um, with 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 you know, young boys and, and parenting, right? Getting, getting, you know, young men to understand that they have to contribute, getting them in the habit of contributing. And that's what I was put in, in the habit of. From early on, I was, I was conditioned 
to understand the importance of contributing to the household, whether that was from laundry, whether that was from grocery shopping, whether that was from pressing my own clothes, um, you know, learning how to pay bills, cooking, so on and so forth. These things I was conditioned, you know, to learn and understand the value of before even becoming a teenager. So once I became a teenager, it was so far embedded in me that it was second nature. So as an adult, I didn't expect anyone to hand me anything. I didn't expect anyone to to do anything for me. And then let's say, hypothetically speaking, I didn't have, you know, that apartment. Right. I understood that I had to contribute and that if I was going to go back and have to live with my mom at 21, 22 years of years of age, I was going to have to budget my money accordingly to where I would not only be able to have to, uh, where I would not only have to, excuse me, um, pay a portion of of her rent. I would also have to contribute to the the the, the light bill, um, cable bill, um, any other bills in the household. I would have to carry my own, right? I would have to contribute to groceries and so on and so forth in the household. So that was I was already conditioned to understand that. So had I had you know had it been a scenario where I needed to go back. And I didn't have a place to go to following college. Um, I was already of the mindset and the conditioning to know that I would have needed to contribute. And it wouldn't have been a situation where my mom would have just been taking care of me and I'm kicking my heels up thinking that that was okay. And I think that's where the difference lies. Because from an early age, so many of us are not conditioned in that way, right? And trained in that way that once the adult versions of us hit, and we don't have our own space, we, we, we feel comfortable and able to kick our heels up and, and not contribute or be inconsistent with the contributions to the household. Because that happens too, where you'll start out contributing, but you'll contribute when you feel like contributing, right? right? I, have a, I have some extra money this month, so yeah, I'll, I'll help mom with the light bill. Or I have some extra money, so yeah, you know, I'll put towards the rent this month. Where we all know life don't work like that, right? We 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 all understand that you can't pick and choose when you want to pay your rent and your utilities and your groceries, etc. This is something that is month in, month out, book it. That's right. Um, and and I think that's what we're speaking about here. So what I would you know speak to the audience about is literally changing that dynamic and that approach with the younger generation immediately. Um, and I always hear people brag about, oh, you know, my son and my daughter is so intelligent and they're only three or four years old. Good. Good. I'm happy for you. You know what you need to do? Start training them from now since they're so intelligent. So let me ask you, so let me ask you another question. Also that led to, you know, something that led to independent people got married very young, but one time it was Mm -hmm. like 18, 19, then it was in the early twenties. And nowadays every people, the younger generation is delaying marriage, right? And so, you know, when you engage marriage, it also kind of forces, you know, this this need for independence and responsibility. But now it's being delayed. Um, talk, can you speak to why it's being delayed and um, maybe how is that shaping independence, too? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that we could probably point the finger at. Um, but I just I just think that the the, the era that we're in that we're in is quite different, um, whether that be because of, you know, social media, whether that be because of other issues that we, we speak about, whether that be, you know, 
like like we like we're speaking about here, you know, as it pertains to you know what it means to be a, a male and the opportunities that are open now to women. I think that has a lot to do with it, right? The development, the the fast and rapid development and um, support that women are receiving, you know, and opportunities that they receive that changes it as well, right? Because um, if we're speaking about early marriages from, you know, 18 and early 20s and so on and so forth is because, again, women were raised and trained to back then, you know, mind the household and men were just like trained and conditioned to go out and get, you know, work. So you put the two together, it's a perfect balance, right? Like the woman knows this and the male knows that and we throw these together early on and it works, right? Whereas now, that's not the case women are very much able to have the same opportunities that males have. So I think that directly impacts that as well because they no longer have to just jump into a relationship just because they need financial security. So they can delay it and take their time to pick the appropriate partner, right? So um, I think that's a point to it. But also, I just think that because it's also expensive these days too as we mentioned earlier on um it's more expensive to have children these days it's uh, once again especially if you live in a large city there's a lack of space right the job market is super competitive right and the the cost of living as it pertains to real estate etc is extremely high right so no one is confident to go out and have two and three children anymore and do certain things and spend x amount of dollars on weddings right so people are holding off on these things and then also there's a there's um a major gap um because of social media and 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 our ability to effectively communicate in person mm. right? a lot of people are you know leaning on text and other written digital forms of communication and there's no interpersonal skills and um, in-person communication skills. Um, most people rather just do what a lot of people refer to these days as ghosted, right? Mm -hmm. They just rather pick up, leave and vacate the, 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 the issue at hand um, rather than talk through it and come up to some type of understanding and or middle ground. Um, and because of all of those things, um, when you lump all of that together, that's going to be the reason why the marriage, the age of marriage is going to be more towards later 20s, early 30s, rather than it be the other way around, which would be later teens, early 20s. So I think that's where we get that gap from. So let me ask you. So now that we, we know that we're in the in, in age of entitlement um, and, and, and I call it illusions with the social media era. Um, What's your best advice for young men to really get things moving for themselves and help them become productive and eventually independent? Yeah, well, for, for any for any young men out there that fall between, you know, that age bracket, that's roughly about 18 to 25, 26 years old. Um, and their situ their current situation is one of living at home. Right. Um, what I would challenge them to do is something that's probably going to be uncomfortable, but just reflect back on their upbringing, reflect, reflect back on, you know, how they were raised. Right. And identify the, the areas that they that that they can control themselves. And the fact of the matter is, you know, if you weren't taught 
um, certain skill sets, that's fine. But also take advantage of your error, right? There's nothing that you can't learn to do through YouTube or through internet and so on and so forth. So if there's anything that you need to learn per se, right? Like whether it be cooking or, you know, other type of household maintenance style um, responsibilities, um, you can learn that, right? And, and you know, make it your personal business to work on these things and make it your personal business to um, accomplish these things, right? And understand that it's okay if your situation doesn't allow for you to move out straight away. It doesn't make you any less, you know, of a man, but get in the habit of contributing, right? Get in the habit of um, preparing yourself for what it's going to be like when you're out on your own. So contribute to the house, household in some way, shape, form, or fashion on a daily basis, whether that be cleaning, whether that be, you know, grocery shopping, whether that be, you know, upkeep in terms of fixing things maintenance-wise. Contribute in some type of way, even if you can't contribute from a monetary standpoint, right? And if you can contribute from a monetary standpoint, don't take advantage of your situation. Contribute, you know, or, you know from a... Um, a monetary standpoint, um, whomever you're sharing, you know, the residence with would greatly appreciate it. Obviously that goes without saying, but there has to be some type of accountability is what I'm getting at. There has to be some type of, you know, um, you know, proactive approach to this and just understand that, you know, this is what it was prior to today, but this is how I'm going to deal with it moving forward and just own it. And one day at a time work at progressing in a forward direction and work on, contributing that's what i would say so what about what about like um career readiness in terms of because i mean they have to earn a living and that's going to help them get independence what strategies can they use to position themselves to earn more money um the biggest the biggest strategy that i would say is networking um networking is very important I, i've seen folks that are grossly underqualified for various different positions get positions because of who they know Right. So, yes. you, know, you know, this, like, I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been passed over. I'm a witness. Yeah. I've been passed over for, for positions just, just as you've been passed over That's right. for, for positions. We, we've spoken about this off the record before, um, for people who had the back end connect. Right. right. So what I would recommend first and foremost, before anything, you know, most people jump on here and talk about education, BS. I'm going to say networking, get your network, network right, surround yourself with the right people, be as connected as you possibly can, right? Speak to everyone, be respectful to everyone because you never know who knows who and will be able to put in that word. That's one piece of advice, right? So networking, network, network, network all the time, right? Next, what I would say is put yourself in the environment and in the surroundings of the things that you like, right? So that way you're meeting people that are like-minded and have sim similar interests and therefore relevant connections for you, right? So if you're interested in music, right? Go to various different, you know, um, you know, open word, you know, spoken word sessions or poetry sessions, or, you know, even if you're not trying to be a poet, but you wanna be in the arena of any type of music, right? Stop putting limitations on ourselves, right? And music is very vast. So put yourself in all type of, you know, arenas, for example. So whether that, you know, be studios, whether they be small private events, try to find some of those and 
you know, whatever you can do to be in that surrounding environment, put yourself in it, right? If it's fitness, put yourself in it. If it's, um, you know, athletics, put yourself in it. It doesn't matter what it is. You need to be in that, in that, that arena as much as you possibly can. Right. So, um, so I would say that stop doing things that are, that are not relevant to what you want to do. Right. Um, also take trainings, um, and sit and, and sit in on seminars and get certifications and the different things that you're interested in and whatever you want to try and deepen your portfolio because with the, with a strong network and a robust portfolio or resume, right? you will be able to stand out from the masses because you have to understand that there's millions of people looking to do, chances are the same thing that you're looking to do. So you have to find a way to differentiate yourself, right? So spend your time making yourself as deep as possible. You need your resume to be as long as possible and as diverse as possible, right? And if you do that, you're putting yourself in the best position to get, you know, on, 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 on par with a strong career and be able to sustain yourself moving forward. Do you have any advice for, um, single mothers? Um, what would you say to them to help them move the agendas for their young, their sons? Um, I would say pretty much the approach that that was taken with me, um, have the conversation with them, have, have that, that uncomfortable talk, which really wouldn't be uncomfortable if you have it early on, because ultimately as a mom, you know, you don't want to have to tell your 25 year old son, like, look, you can't stay here anymore. That's a very uncomfortable, you know, conversation to have. And the reason why it's uncomfortable is because he's been conditioned, um, up to that moment to rely on you. Right. And then to him it's going to look like, well, why all of a sudden now you don't want to have my back. Right. And then there's that riff and that animosity between you guys there. And in all actuality, as the mom, you just want your, you know, your son to step into his own and, you know, be a man and experience life on his own and have his own bumps and bruises. That's what you want to see. And it almost, from a parent standpoint, from a parental standpoint, it almost validates you as a parent to say like, look, my kid is out there doing his damn thing. Right. So it's almost robbing you of that moment as well. So that's what we don't want. So, um, what I would, encourage any of the moms out there listening to do is have these discussions as early as possible with any young men that you're, you're currently raising, um, and teach them responsibility, teach them what it's like to, you know, contribute to the household and get them accustomed to that. So they are not expecting you or anyone else to do these things for them because it becomes a crippling habit that will be developed over time. And it's not, helpful to you is not helpful to them or anyone that they may be in contact with moving forward as it pertains to any future relationships is what I would say. All right. So D mails, we're going to, we're coming to the conclusion of our show. I need you to give me that holler that you do. You start your show with, and I want you to give a plug for your show. Yo, it's your boy D mills folks collaborating with Sharif here on pushing boundaries. Happy to jump in. We have fun. I, like, I know I know, I for sure have fun. Um, hope you guys were able to get some type of um, strong takeaways here from, from today's podcast. And you guys can follow me um, at D Mills here on IG. And that's D, 
E E M is in Mary E again A L Z D Mills on Instagram. A lot of dope content there. A lot of things coming your way from my end as it pertains to podcast and um, private events. So stay tuned and uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys on Instagram and other social media networks. Peace. Later. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.